Welcome to Chucked. My name is Charlie. That's Austin sitting over there. And we have, uh, I'm curious to let the Chucksters know, I'm curious to hear about how your week went in Portland, Oregon at one of your, how many times do you have to do that? Three times a year? I'm not, no, not three times a year, but uh, I don't know when my next time is out there. Okay, so he's um, working on a master's program. And expl- explain to the Chucksters and Chuckettes what you were doing last week. I was, I had two courses uh, that I effectively knocked out lecture-wise um, in Portland, Oregon, where my school is located on uh, Hawthorne Avenue and 55th. And uh, it's Western Seminary. And I went out there and listened to um, a couple of my professors and a number of other professors talk as well Mm -hmm. a number of faculty and um yeah you uh um no i mean part of it is to be engaged with the classes you're in for that term and knock out a lot of hours of lectures but they do so with uh getting you uh in 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 an orientation of sorts the first day especially with the faculty with the student body with the school um and uh, making you just feel very involved and um, in the as a part of the school, which is obviously something that that can lack when you're online, as I am mm-hmm. being an online student. So, um, but so for, for these two courses, um, especially being spiritually formative in nature, it, it it helps to you know going through a course like that to be in the same room as your professor. Yeah, and and. and seeing him interact interacting with other stu- other students and mm-hmm. and whatnot so. I think one of your lectures the president of the university you said had read fifty thousand books yeah yeah and, and, he, and so he, he's about a thousand ahead of you yeah <laughs> no. um, I've never even I couldn't even name fifty thousand books I don't think um, yeah <laughs> but uh yeah, was, it so, wasn't redfish, bluefish, so he, he didn't goldfish, he, whitefish, right? No. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, this is this is heavy he, duty uh, stuff. Well, you know, so this is. Um, he has colon cancer right now. Oh wow! And um, he's read in the last m- a couple months twenty eight books on colon cancer specifically. So this is the kind of person he is. I mean, he's going to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't say this about himself. The uh, our advisor, inter- inter- you know, when he introduced each professor. Uh, the first day, um, he gave a little introduction about them and hmm. about Randy Roberts, who's also the pr- president of the university. He just likes teaching the spiritual formation class as well because he finds it so important. Um, he um, he said of, of Roberts that you're going to, as a warning, he said, now you're going to want to write down everything he says. You won't be able to. So I would advise you not to take notes, but just sit back and listen, and so and I I I my mean, gosh I wrote three books worth of notes during the week, but um, there were many moments where I just couldn't capture what he was saying in abbreviated notes. No, um, and they would and it would usually be when he gets off on rabbit trails, you know. Okay, and there would be you know there was one time where he he got off on a rabbit trail and he 
theologized Romans 5, 6, and 7, and I was trying to take notes, and I just I just had to stop and just sit under it mm-hmm. and just experience that. I don't even remember what he said, but just experience a, cool. it's worth you it. know, a, 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 a theologian doing his, working like a technician on the whiteboard and, you know, just, mm. and it was just nerding out on it, you know, but, um, but yeah, as I told, as I text you, I think, um, when you asked how it was going, I said, it's like GLS for people like me. Um, mm. so That's I was in class from dark to leadership dark. leadership summit. Yeah. I was in class from dark to dark and, um, yeah, I was, I was so impressed by their faculty, a number of different reasons. That's great. They, uh, everything has to do, they, everything comes back to their theology, and they, everything has a theology, and I, I appreciate that so much, that it has to have biblical warrant, and it has to pass the test of sound theology, or they just can't act on it and talk about it, and they can't, you know, so they, everything gets theologized. I mean, they, they, mm-hmm. how, how, so systematically, they, he was just brilliant, and a number of other professors, too. But uh, he especially, his humility, his, um, geez, his, um, the way he interacted with students. Uh, one of the most impressionable things was uh, out of all the information I learned, watching a technician um, work through uh, ideas and, uh, in front of us. And he had this. He would, and he would, he would remember a quote verbatim. He would tap the side of his head, and he would just verbatim be quoting church fathers. I mean, it's just, just, <laughs> just crazy. crazy. Uh, you know, just pulling That's out great. Calvin quotes just here, yeah. and just everywhere. And um, anyway, he uh, he. Oh, whenever a student asked a question, he loved t- discussing. And I only got in one argument with him, but um, which is good. I didn't, I didn't want to argue too much, but um, and. Pray tell. What did you argue with him about? Uh, egalitarianism was complementarianism within women leadership in the church. But uh, what, I, what I always noticed when he, whenever a student would ask a question, it was like the rest of the world would melt away. And he was so thoroughly interested in what that student had to teach him. And he would lean in and he would just lean on his desk. And it would just, it, I mean, he was just so utterly interested in what we had to ask or say comment on anything hmm. you know, there were a lot of stupid questions asked you know really yeah there were and there were some good there were good questions asked. but it, whatever whatever it was it was uh he was just so in, and that was what i think left the most impression as a man that reads fifty thousand books um graduate of gordon conwell uh president of a seminary he just wants to, he wants to he was interested in what master level students had to teach him yeah. <laughs> had to say to him you know. Pete Kramer mentioned this week in a John Maxwell quote, I've never learned anything while talking. Mm. Mm. Which is a great quote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this had a big impact on you. And did you say you'll do it two times, three times a year? No, or, no, I won't go that frequently. I don't think i go again until a year or two. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, and, I, and, I, and if I did, if I was doing a less textual theological course or, or tract, like a more ministerial tract or MDiv, uh, ministerial leadership counseling, I would be there a lot more. Okay. But since okay. my I'm doing exegetical and theological, it's just not as, yeah. you know, it's more information-based. Yeah, okay, good. So what was the, you know, we all have had those weeks, I think as we, we sometimes speak in moments and minutes, but really sometimes it can be a week. What was pivotal for you last week that, it was, in the words of Mark one fifteen, a Kairos moment. This was a God had you at the right place at the right time to speak something into you. 
uh, wasn't arguing um, Epitrepo versus Paragello and uh, with my professor <laughs> this okay. distinction of, of, of conditional <laughs> statements and, and commanding statements but uh, um, that's in reference to egalitarianism and complementarianism okay but um, you had me at hello yeah um, <laughs> uh, yeah so I, I think it wasn't even in school actually and um, so gosh I, I kept on I probably won't get into the details of this it was so personal um, and I would like to keep it that sacred but uh, and I was I was telling my mentor today that I just won't Oh, I didn't want to tell a lot of people because, mm-hmm. but um, it's probably the second or third most um, catalytic ex- faith spiritual experience I've had in my life, um, particularly catalytic. And uh, so it came Sunday night. I got there Saturday night late. I went to, um, I was in class all day Sunday, from morning to night. Well, I, I got a 10 mile run in first, but. Um, oh, just an easy ten mile run. That great, great running places and running routes in, in Oregon. But uh, I was in class all day, and I got to sit. I got to hear a lecture from Gary Brashears, Doctor Gary Brashears. He's internationally known theologian. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, he's he he's currently specializing right now, and he'll be my theology professor. He's specializing right now in spiritual warfare. The look of him could make a demon. Um, uh, timid. I mean, he just looks so mean and he acts so kind and compassionate. I got to eat dinner with him Sunday night. Oh, wow. I, got, I, I, I scrambled to sit next to him. I talked his ear off. Um, there were other students at the table I was sitting at. We all got to sit with a faculty member. I just got assigned, thankfully, to him. And I just, I chose to be selfish. I don't care if these other students have questions. I'm going to ask him every question <laughs> I can. Him taking me through how he prays for people, what his objectives are. Mm. We talked a lot about mm. how he uh, engages with um, people and culture. We talked about sexuality. We talked uh, so much. Um, but he's just an unbelievable He helps write John Mark Homer's sermons with him. Mm. Uh, so uh, anyway, he... Uh, he was so right after that, I went from there to Bridgetown Church, and I went to their their Sunday night service, and that's where I had the most um, one of the most profound catalytic experiences, kind of springboarding from here until you know the end of my 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 term uh, in the pastorate, I guess. Um, experiences at Bridgetown Church, and the way I can sum it up best in reflecting on it was. Uh, that I went to church for the first time. I think that was, really? I'd never been to church before. That's a really cool way to put it's it. It's really hard to be a pastor and have never gone to church before. Yeah. It's a really difficult thing, if you can imagine. But I'd never been to church before, and it took me going a couple thousand miles away um, to go to church for the first time, to worship. And you see just like, yeah, letting go and worshiping. and Worshiping for the first time. Um you know, I mean, there's a there's a journey that that Peter goes on. There's a journey that um, you know the, so many of the disciples go on. You see in the Gospels that Jesus goes from Israel's Messiah to their friend and personal Savior and Redeemer. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have to, especially those of us that grew up in the church, we have to go on that journey. And it's not about forming some sophisticated Christology. It's not about any of these things. It's about um, Understanding when that moment's coming and seizing that moment and trusting. Um, if I jump off this cliff, will you catch me? And because and, um, this, this is only going to come around once in a while. 
mm-hmm. and shoot and 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 going into that. And so there's a number of things for the last year or so, prayerfully, I've been thinking about asking for as a gift that I w- wasn't sure if I was ready for. And that time came around, the carousel kind of came around, and it was time to jump on or, or not. And I don't know when it would come around again. It would probably like it would probably come around again with a great megala, I mean, a great crash. Um, you know, whether that's um, just mismanaging stress or uh, a fair or a relapse or something, you know, some kind of great crash. Um, and that time came there, and it came. Not coincidentally, but um, spirit led to this moment of this great room of of worship, of 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 his presence, of of reverent believers, and uh, a in a in a real uh, in that that duality of 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 repentance and, and repentance is is parts it's a, it's a happy sad because it's, it's 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 the sadness that I am a sinner. And I'm in need of saving, and it's this happiness and this joy and gratitude that I'm a sinner and I've been and I'm being saved. And, I, and so it's that it's just it's just really the posture of that is was the room, and and so um, I acted on that, and um, and it was just uh, yeah, I mean, I just just you know, I wept for two hours, and um, oh, that's cool. It's uh, it was it was quite the experience. And to being, I mean, it involves so many things of worship, um, you know, spirit coming through that, spirit coming through teaching, and then their prayer time at the end and being prayed over for 15, 20 minutes by um, someone I'm, I'm as thankful for as any person I've ever met in my life. And I only, and had a, I hardly talked to him. His name was Ben. He prayed for me. Hmm. And um, Just a lay person there? Oh, their prayer team, they're, how trained they are. Oh, my oh, gosh. cool. Jeez. Something they, we can learn from, I bet. Uh, so yeah. they ask people to come up. And so their services are about two hours. They go as long as <laughs> they need to go. Uh, Preaching is only about 35, 40 minutes. But, the, you know, the service goes as long as they need to. They feel like it can go. People come up, and they ask them to sit down on the ground. Hmm. And um, our prayer team will be with you. And so people come up, place their hand on their shoulder, and sit down with them. And uh, they had probably had 10, 15 people that had a prayer tag on them. And um, so I waited up there for a couple minutes, and Ben came up out of the crowd. And uh, we spoke briefly what he wanted. What I, when I, I told him what I was asking for. He said, that's a dangerous prayer. Are you sure you want me to pray that? Mm. And I said, yeah, I, I don't really have an option. And uh, so it was the, the revelations that came through that. The, um, it just... Uh, what he was, what was I was praying through, what he was audibly praying through, that were the same things, and praying the same scriptures. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff, but uh, um, but it was, uh, but it happened in the context of I'd never been to church before, um, and I think Jesus going from Southbrook's Jesus to my Jesus um, was a, was what happened there. Mm-hmm. Is going so far away, being you know, missing my family, going out in a spiritual mm-hmm. monastic desert, you know, mm-hmm. um, being alone. Uh, I was alone every night, you know. I wasn't with, so uh, it was it was quite the experience and um, and just catalytic. I mean, I, 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 I what I like coming from it. What, what my meditation, part of my meditation has been is has been uh, Galatians three three. You foolish Galatians, what you started in the spirit, will you finish in the flesh? And praying that kind of reverse, 
that what started in the spirit may it finish in the flesh, or may, may what started in the flesh finish in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, I mean, that there's your kairos. I mean, uh, it was, and then having that experience, and then uh, taking eight hours a day on spiritual formation. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just really putting it into practice and getting language yeah. filled out around it, and but I realized that without that experience, um, twenty nine years in the bowels of ministry, um, a master's seminary degree, none of those things could prepare me for ministry like that two hour experience and that um, grateful encounter with Ben and the teaching of Collins and the worship. Nothing could. That prepared me for ministry more than anything, mm-hmm. and um, you know I think, you know, yeah. So that was that was. Uh, and one of the things that you experienced out there was a talk to our listeners about. You did get to ask some questions concerning a very, I won't say names, but <clears throat> very prominent pastors' crash from that area of the country. Speak into that and what you learned from that conversation. So there was a uh, an individual who was actually on staff with that pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the lesson there for our listeners? Because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking to devour. Lions mm. don't say, hey, hello, here I am, I'm hunting you. They, they d- depend upon stealth. Yeah. And so the imagery there is one of stealth. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought it's interesting. I thought we could talk into that because everybody here has an enemy that's trying to undo their life. Yeah, well, I think an interesting thing what Peter's saying there is one thing to note for the listeners is um, a lion doesn't create his food and eat it. So um, that is to say, a lion waits around for a vulnerable moment. Mm hmm. It waits around for the antelope not to be aware. It waits around for a vulnerable moment, an ignorant moment, a weak moment. Um, maybe it's been, uh, or maybe almost a hyena is even a better uh, image for for the the Satan uh, preying on our sin, because the hyena waits for something to get wounded and then it jumps it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not there's nothing good that lives within me that is within my Satan nature. Mm-hmm. So it's within my sinful nature. Sin is, is not behavioral-based. If it's behavioral-based, then your idea of salvation will be behavioral-based, and then the cross means nothing, so that doesn't work. But um, sin is something within us that the devil preys upon, that Satan preys, preys upon. And it's, it is why it's our job to recognize, identify what are these shortcomings within us that makes us susceptible to de- deception and lies and... and um, and uh, and these things can be insecurities and could be pride. And with this particular pastor, um, I raised my hand and I said, "What what what was uh, what led to his fall?" We were the, the pastor was talking about that was with us um, was talking about managing stress um, as a leader and and whatnot. And I said, "Was this was the pastor you worked for at your?" previous church was was this a mismanagement of stress or was it bad theology and he kind of jokingly said or and we all laughed but he said no when i was there um what was his or meaning he had a really bad theology 
Okay. Like or. <laughs> it was, yeah. You know, it wasn't yeah, either okay. or. It was it was okay. both. Yeah. Um, because he had a, you know. Your life always flows. Everybody has a theology. Yes. Yeah. Your life always flows out of your theology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not thinking, not considering God is considering God. Um, so then he said, no, when I was at, when I was there, um, our, our church and his vision went from reaching the lost people in Seattle to having a bigger church than Joel Olstein. Mm. And ultimately it was his insecurity. And that's not to say, I don't know if the, you know, the devil had anything to do with that, but, but, uh, um, there was a vulnerable, ignorant flesh there. And, um, and, and this is part of my process in the last year of just meditating on First Corinthians fifteen nine and things like that. Just was identifying ways in which um, the accuser will come and then work his um, prosecuting attorney tools on me mm-hmm. if I don't take care of them, if I don't mm-hmm. surrender them when the carousel comes around. So, uh, so that was a that was that was worth hearing too. Um, on uh, that pastor's fall, and uh, and hearing about hearing it from a, a pastor who's who's finished the race, you know, mm-hmm. his wife of thirty years died of cancer. I mean, this is a guy that's been through a lot, you know. Mm. Um, we're married now, big blended, great blended family, you know. But uh, this guy's been through a lot, seen a lot mm. of things. Now he pastors, pastors is what he does. He's faculty at seminary at Western now as well. Mm. But um, but yeah, that was that was a that was a when he said that about. Joel Holstein, the whole classroom. Ooh, yeah, and he wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't exaggerating. It was no. It, it, went it was from, not hyperbole. Yeah, we want to be bigger than Joel Holstein's church. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I guess there's something to be said to be honest about it. There's so many pastors who have that idea and yeah. they don't ever honest about it. So yeah. yeah. Well, well, what a week. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about this. It was interesting. Um, one of the people who has stretched both of us in our journey is Richard Rohr. And in his one of his recent works, he says, um, at, our, at its best, our faith helps people to bring divine love into our ever-increasing mind and consciousness. In other words, faith is more about waking up than about cleaning up. And he says, mere cold obedience is far too often a detour around actual love. Because obedience, if it's first, is usually about cleaning up, but love is about waking up. Where does that statement fit with your experience last week on a personal level? Yeah. Was well, there a waking up? Yeah. Um, I think most of my spiritual journey has been a slow awakening. You know, it's not been an alarm clock, get out of the bed, mm-hmm. make the coffee. It's been uh, groggy and stretching and light creeping in the room. And um, So uh, my mentor says, uh, I talk about the love of God a lot, but I often, too often assume it for myself, which is something to think about. And um, so, hmm. What was I going to say with that? There's um, a lot rolling around in that there brain is, up there. There is. Um, hmm. Obedience, mere obedience is about cleaning up. 
But love yeah. is about waking up. Well, I think up. this. And I think what I don't know what I was. I don't know what I was thinking. But here's something else that maybe works the same. Um, just going through the Rolodex. Uh, Jesus calls Lazarus out of the grave. I think that's. Hmm. I think if I think if the Christian thinks of that enough, hmm. and um, for those who have ears to hear, know what I'm saying. He yeah. calls he calls Lazarus out of the grave. Yeah, and I think. I think that's um, that is sufficient grace. Yeah. That is sufficient grace. It's uh, um, if you hear his voice and it's condemnation, that's not it. That's not uh, Alex voice. Absalom says his voice is love, majesty, and grace. Yeah. So um, even if there are things you're praying for that seem dangerous and you don't know if you want to pray for them or not, you know, praying is a real thing and it's a, and it should be taken very seriously. And so there are certain things like this that I thought about praying for for a long time, you know, because it's dangerous and. Uh, be careful um, what you pray for. Yeah, and uh, um, but I had to be reminded by Ben that um, that uh, it, the, his gifts come in grace uh, and not condemnation. You know, mm-hmm. they come in um, they come in Matthew eleven. They come in an easy, light yoke and burden. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, read read John eleven and and you know maybe that's that's uh, that's a good application is, um, is yeah he calls he calls him out of the grave. Yeah, and I think of now Paul then later writes in Ephesians five, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. You know, mm-hmm. he will shine. I think what war is is is, is, is you know, there's a note there too. Judaism of the, you know not not this idea of death, but those who have fallen asleep they will mm-hmm. wake up again mm-hmm. on the uh, on the other side of things. So, but uh, but we certainly have some wake ups here and here and uh, our time here, and and that's what I had uh, last yeah. week. And um, well, we speak here that that one of the we boil it down to five pivotal practices, and one that we call in our five S's is. A pivotal practice is learning to interpret significant events. Significant events can be a conversation you had in the checkout line at Kroger, a cancer diagnosis, Mm -hmm. or a trip to Portland, Oregon, where you have a a major moment. And learning to see God's moments and movements in those things is, is an irreplaceable significant event practice mm-hmm. to grow yeah. to be the same person today or tomorrow that you are today means you haven't done that mm-hmm. and because god speaks you know he is here and he is not silent yeah. as francis schaefer said so glad to have you back oz we missed you and i know a little guy named gunner who missed you <laughs> and and uh it was really really good to have you back this weekend out in the atrium talking to people and so many people just love talking to you. They tell me that it's why I just love talking to Austin, and I'd say, "Well, it's one of the great compliments I think a person could get as a leader." Is I love talking to that person, mm. you know, because you listen well. Well, next time on Chucked, we'll be talking again, probably uh, not about such deep matters, but uh, the listener be forewarned. You never know; it could be. The Browns and Eschatology in the same podcast. That's the uniqueness of Chuck. Until next time, I'm Charlie and he's Austin.